And welcome everybody to another episode of the Mind Sculptors podcast. I am your host, Callahan. And today, helping me sculpt a winning mindset is my good friend. We're both now comfortably moved into our new places and our new cities. Uh, We've got... Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ian, otherwise known as Comedian MTG on the internet, joining us live from Philly. Sorry, Kyle, can you, can you read my, my Riverside name? I think that's much more. Uh, Buttfart69, excuse me. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, Many online moniker. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, so Buffart69, uh, or Buffart, Buttfart. Wow. <laughs> Buffart. <laughs> Buffart, that's beautiful. It's a, it's a very high protein Pop-Tart flavor. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we, you have the sweet ones. You have the it's the the other side of pop tarts, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah. is the savory pop tarts. Mm. Um, was that? But, like uh, I mean, it's that's like beef Wellington, right? Like, oh god, is that what a is that? That's a effectively meat? what beef Wellington is, right? I like, oh, like that. That's meat pop tarts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, every, is every sandwich just a meaty pop tart? <laughs> Oh my god, are we getting into this? <laughs> oh no. This is the real questions we answer here on the mind scope. We have the real things that we need to be talking about, which is mm-hmm. what is and is not a pop tart is yeah, is what right. really matters. Um definitely not what the video title is. Uh we would not do that to you. Um <laughs> I I'm definitely never done anything like that ever. No, no, that's show. very unlikely. Uh so point here yes fairy uh so uh by the way yes uh congratulations on your marriage to gritty uh (laughs) how is it so far how's the money how's the honeymoon phase uh well gritty is a very passionate lover and for that (laughs) (laughs) you know i really feel like my needs have been met romantically uh you know i'll i'll be like in the morning i'll roll over and look at gritty and gritty's kind of there like oh look yeah you bring up a, you bring up a fantastic point gritty ah <laughs> oh, yes that's a perfect uh i, I think i've been describing that... philadelphia as a city with extremely high highs and extremely low lows and just like sort of a, a surfboard flying through the waves that are, are both of those that's a be- that's a that's a beautiful way of uh Describing it, I like to describe it as what happens when you take land away from rednecks. Um, I don't but, know what part of Philly you've been to, but I don't know about that. The part of Philly where they just ride four wheelers around. Um, um, yeah, well, that's that has happened for sure. <laughs> that feels more like the downtown area. I'm, I'm like sort of in the uh, the fish down area. Okay, all right. Uh, I am. I I have moved into the like right downtown Louisville. Uh, So nice. And uh, my favorite part of living on the fourth floor in an apartment Mm -hmm. building is uh, 
not having direct access to my apartment when I'm carrying groceries in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, so our apartment we had in Lincoln was like first floor and yeah. our sliding door to our porch mm-hmm. went right out to the parking lot. So we literally would just back our car up to it. Yeah. And it, it, I was it. spoiled for like five yeah. years. Yeah. And then we moved here. Yeah. And then I was like, well, at least there's an elevator. Yeah. Uh, I've, done the, I've done the reverse where I used to be on the third floor. So I would like walk up multiple flights of stairs to get mm-hmm. anything done. And now I'm, I can just I have a glass door in the back of my place. And it's like, stuff's in. I am. I, I will say uh, living in an apartment building where everybody else owns dogs makes me feel infinitely less worried about my dog being yeah, yeah. like annoying to people because everybody else has a dog. So. Yes. And is this is this where I can ask you to insert two pictures of my new cats and tell everybody how I'm doing? <laughs> yes, you yeah. have a new cat. Well, two new cats. You have one that is named Jin Gatasius. Yeah. Um. I the think it is would be bef- well. I think it should just be Elishnorn, mm. or you know, mm. you, you gotta you gotta you know. go with the Praetors. She's too sweet, though. That's the thing. We were like, and we then you could just call her Norn. Yeah, like it's perfect. Norn sounds like um, a, a grandmother who just like refuses to let you speak loudly in the library. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm you like, don't know. That, that feels like a Norn. <laughs> Phyrexian sensor, something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is, is that what, you know? Okay. Um, so last month we did the, I had Tyler from Play to Win come on. We did mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. Uh, individual top 10 commanders for the month of May. And I will say we, we both took the, our commanders or multiple commanders that we mentioned in mm-hmm. Tyler in their respective episode with you and me, um, commander I will mention today and took both of those commanders to the top 16 of mm-hmm. uh, SDG Baltimore. So I'm just saying, you know, just proof in the pudding. We're, uh, we're, we're making our words count. I would say. Yeah. I think, uh, I think if, if there's something that is to be said about the opinions on this podcast is I may have hot takes, but I feel like we're, generally in the right vicinity of where the take is every time i listen to the podcast i really do fluctuate between dead on and what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) listen it's talk radio man you gotta sometimes sometimes some you're just gonna whiff on some takes Uh, but uh that's that's okay but so uh recapping Tyler's top 10 for the month mm. of May mm-hmm. was at number 10, Crick, son of Yogmoth. At number nine, Kinnon, Bonder, Prodigy. Mm. At number eight, Magda, Brazen, Outlaw. Number seven, Tivit, Seller of Secrets. Number six, Rog, Sai. Five, Krark and Sakashima. Four, Thrasios, Bruce. Three, Najila. Two, Winota. And one, Tim Necrom, wow. Yeah, what, what, wow. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I, uh, I will say I there are several on Tyler's top ten that are not even on my list. So this will be interesting. Uh, that was that was very much the case for me as well. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, my top 10 last week or last month was at number 10, Dargo Thrasios. Number nine was Tyam Luminous Enigma. Eight was Rogsai. Mm-hmm. Seven, I had Tevish Krom. Six was Sisse, Weatherlight Captain. Five was Atraxa Grand Unifier. Mm-hmm. Four was Najila. Three, Thras Bruce. Two was Tivit. And one was Timnacrom. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of what I felt about stuff going okay. into the month okay. of June. Yeah. Uh, after June. So this is what's really interesting about the month of June is we got Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. like mid to late month. And well, we so got, we got Lord of the Rings, interestingly, on the weekend of two major tournaments. Yes. In which it was legal, but ambiguous enough where not everyone was sure it was legal. And therefore, the impact yep. of the cards is medium no well it's, some it's people like we're really impressed by these cards and some people were like oh i could play that fuck <laughs> yeah well you know it's the the talk of the town has been orcish bowmasters and mm-hmm. you know a lot of people are like oh well it didn't do it it worked that much and yeah. you know in the tournaments and stuff it's like okay well you know half of the participants weren't even aware they could play lord of the rings yeah. cards so maybe let's I, pump our brakes like it has in my evaluations to be fair gone from the best card in the set to the third best card in the set yeah that's fair yeah. um so. like I, I i i stand by that casual is what's going to get this card banned yeah, and it's right. going to be we, we talked about that really annoying ago. yeah is uh, that like, we're not expecting it to get banned because of its cedh potential we're expecting it to get banned because casual players are going to really hate playing against that card yep. <laughs> like, i mean it, if i sat down at a casual table and i played against a card i would hate playing against yeah. it so it's like, like it's yeah people hate a, at, enough in casual as it is and like i can't imagine that you know, another card that says, like, I'm also ending the game prematurely after disrupting your game plan again. Like, yep. yeah. I, I'm sure that will go over swell. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, like, we, we don't really know the full impact of sure. this set yeah. on yeah. the meta. A lot of it's speculation right now. Yep. Uh, so some of my picks I know for in the movement of my top 10 is anticipation for what i feel sure. like is going to happen yeah, yeah. um and I it also interesting that the bowmaster is most impacted in my opinion two of last month's best decks mm-hmm. but like I more than agree. other decks disproportionately which is really interesting so i'm excited mm-hmm. to talk about that yeah uh well let's go ahead and mm. hop on in over here yeah. Uh, so your number 10, you know, oh, uh, I, I love my honorary mention. You, oh, okay. Your, your honorary mention. Okay. So my honorary mention for the month of June transitioning into July is the mechanic flash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, uh, as of right now, there has been talk. So, so this is, I think pretty safe to say this has originated from yeah. the card uh, Liberator Urza's Battlethopter. This okay. is where this like mentality has come from, right? Um, then people started taking a second look at Raf Capuchin, the uh, Azorius Flash Commander, which is a deck I am currently building and trying to break. Um, 
Bro, and, why are you not telling me this? I'm yeah, the okay, Azorius we'll person. Like, the there, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, I know. Lavinia's right there. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> Hey, I, I started on Grand Arbiter. I get it too. Uh, <laughs> but so, so that's a deck I'm currently working on. Oh, which I, Lavinia because... is also there too. Uh, <laughs> I have two Lavinias on my background. Yeah. Uh, no, we remember that you have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just, just making sure. Uh, anyway, sorry. Um, um, but so now, specifically with the printing of Gandalf the White, uh, Flash strategies have been given a really big booster shot because yeah. now if you want to do stuff with artifacts at instant speed, you have Wrath, Gandalf, Liberator, and Shimmermere all to provide extra oomph to that strategy. And if you just mm-hmm. want things that care about legendary creatures getting Flash, you have Wrath and Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a little thing the kids like to call redundancy. Uh, <laughs> also... <laughs> Also, there's the new in, uh, born born onto the wind. Is that what it's called? Born into the, the wind. Yep. Yeah. So the new instant that just gives everything flash for one in a blue and is a cantrip, just in case you needed an extra card while trying to everything win. flash until end of turn, which is yeah. really good. It's like it's crazy. I, I talked about this in our set review where it's yeah. like it's not quicken because a lot of people yeah. were comparing it to quicken. I was it's like, so no, no, no. no, 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 it's no, an no. emergent zone. Yeah, like, it's, it's an, an emergent zone, zone with a cantrip. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And this is the thing, right? Like, so uh, one of the reasons that if you remember, like, Teamer Polyrog uh, had like a weird run a little while ago. And yeah. then Efond was one of the people who was like perpetuating that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I would always talk about with Efond was he was like, oh, well, the reason this deck wins so much is because crop rot into E zone. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. So you're just winning over the top of people's wins all the time. And this is where a lot of like the Turbo Now strategies leaned into Final Fortune, right? right. Um, but between Emergence Zone, uh, the two legendaries that I just talked about, the two artifact flashers that are also ones of legendary, and Mergent Zone and Windbrisk Heights. Uh, there's like a stupid amount of ways to play. Oh, and Alchemist Refuge. Yeah, stupid yep. amount of ways to play things in instant speed, like in this format right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're in a table rotation of four players, like I was talking, so Michael Levine, spoiler, uh, top forward SCG Baltimore with Heliod playing Emergent Zone, Windbrisk Heights, Shimmer Mirror, yeah. Liber- or Battle Thopter, and Gandalf. Yeah. Yeah. And he would come up to me after every single round. Meanwhile, he was undefeated until the finals, to be clear. Uh, would come yeah, up to me after round and be like, oh, yeah, Najila was swinging in for lethal, and I flashed in Ballista Combo over the top of it. And I was like, yeah, sure. All right, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, all right, fuck you. Like, yeah, it's... exactly, right? So it's... Uh, it's a real thing. It really is. And I think it's one of the most underexplored spaces we have right now yeah. is just like turbo flash, um, yep. <laughs> which is a triggering phrase for a lot of people. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I think it's, I think it's something to explore and I don't think, you know, every single deck should be jamming multiple colorless lands to give you instant speed wins on top right. of each other. I don't think that's it. I think it's just pay attention because these things are real and uh, decks that can take advantage of winning an instant speed are going to start doing really well. Well, in like even beyond that. So this was the other thing that I've often talked about when, you know, the other obsession that I have, right. Is art index. Yeah. And a card that I've often played in those decks was cigar aid. And people yeah. would be like, well, why are you playing that? And I was like, well, just beyond the fact that I could cast things at instant speed, you are just like literally quadrupling your action economy. Um, in a four player game, you now get four more or three more opportunities to cast that spell, uh, in a rotation. And when you can usually only do that at sorcery speed, that's a huge change. 
Um, so that's I'm I'm right there with you. But uh, yeah, I think this cards. Uh, I mean the 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 cards that enable this strategy are kind of cracked. I think the. I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of really interesting stuff coming down the pipeline, uh, specifically for like turbo flash speed decks for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think my honorable mention for mm-hmm. the month mm-hmm. of June yep. is. <sighs> it's hard. I think it's probably going to be Animar just okay. because it won. SCG Baltimore. But this is also a deck that I have a lot of personal experience with mm-hmm. because I have been in leagues and been in uh, events where Animar has won stuff because yeah. everybody's playing Thrash Timna or everybody's playing yeah. like the stuff it just doesn't care about. Yeah. And it just will run over people. And it's another one of those commanders that enough people disrespect enough that. They'll just ignore it or won't have the right removal to deal with it. And then it will just run away with a game. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little sus of that, but I, I a hundred percent get your reasoning. Yeah. Um, like, obviously I'm not putting in my top 10. It's a, Hey, this is more of like a broad strokes. Hey, um, respect every deck at the table. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's we weird. said that on the episode with yeah. uh, Reed and you, right? Where we were talking about how like we can all like talk and theorize about mm-hmm. what the best decks are in the, the format. Yeah. But as soon as you sit down at a table, you can have your opinions about how viable something is, but you're now playing against it. So you have to deal with it. Yeah. So, and this is this is kind of where uh, I I think this is actually a really clean transition into my number 10 spot mm-hmm. uh, because my number 10 spot is like five different decks. Okay, uh, because of this very reason, and I can actually add Animar to this list. It's Tyam, Rocco, Atraxa, Malcantana, and Thrasio Stargo. And if you notice, <laughs> each and every one of those decks are notably, with with a little bit of squinting, creature combo decks. <laughs> um, they're all creature combo decks that take advantage of the fact that people don't counter creature spells enough, and mm-hmm. they take advantage of the fact that the format is in a place where. You know, people are afraid of ad nauseums and underworld breaches and things like that. And you can respect those things as much as possible. But at a certain extent, your opponents can play around that stuff, too. Right. Uh, like I am and Rocco, like all those decks that like just they took advantage of people not knowing what they would get. Right. And and Malcolm Tana used to always just be like, oh, you don't have a counter for my Glintorn turn two, Ha ha ha. And it's like <laughs> you're saying here, right? Like you got to respect the decks at the table because turns out. Creatures are hard to counter, and if you don't pay attention to it, you're you're gonna get pantsed pretty bad. Like, so maybe play manager. Just yeah, I mean, if, I, if you can, Dawnmaker for a long time and Tibbet. <laughs> uh, uh, so number ten, you have five different decks. Yeah, I have okay. a slew of decks. Yeah. You have a, a slew of decks. I feel no, like that's cheating. It definitely but, is. I would have put it in the honorable mentions, but I didn't have a deck that I thought was better than any of those options by a wide margin. So, okay, that's why they're all copy and pasted. Uh, feel free to put like I am if you have to. <laughs> if you have to noted, one. or pick Gandalf, <laughs> um, or pick Gandalf. <laughs> right. Um, my number ten is uh, a new addition to my number ten, which mm-hmm. is Winota Joiner of Forces. 
Mm. Uh, it is a deck that I think so. I think people are very cognizant of creatures right at this moment now. Yeah. Uh, and especially moving into this meta where Bowmasters is going to be played a lot more. Yep. And you're going to see more of these flash things. You're going to be seeing more of this stuff that's happening. I think Winota's ability to rebuild very quickly yep. uh, works in its favor. Yep. Now, yeah. I don't think it is. I, I, I have a hard time putting it any higher than this. I didn't have yep. it in my top 10 last month because as you can probably well attest, it is a deck that people zero in on and you sit down at the table and then you just don't get to play the game. Yeah. Uh, it is resilient enough to get through that from time to time, mm -hmm. but like, yeah. I, I, I think it's in a tough spot overall. And I think it's probably the best of those tough spot commanders. Mm -hmm. If that makes it, sense. It didn't make my top 10 because of this reason. And it's, it is a hundred percent because of the fact that, you're playing at a disadvantage and I mm -hmm. never want to go into a CDH tournament playing at a disadvantage. But right now I feel like you are going into a tournament saying I'm expected to get ganged up on by my opponents and expected not to be able to execute my game plan because of the way people have been reacting to this deck. Now I've, um, I've been working on a complete overhaul of the list, like genuinely yeah. like, Strip down to bare bones. What do we need to keep? What do we need to go? Um, I've killed some of my babies in the deck. It really hurts. Uh, yeah. But just in an attempt to get out from underneath this meta, and it's kind of sort of working. Uh, I haven't really had a lot of time to test it because I've been moving and yeah. trying to start content as a full time job and all that stuff. But I got a list. It's quite different from my database list right now. Um, and we'll see if the updates come in. So. Yeah, I, I mean, and just to be clear here, Phil Gallagher posted on Twitter earlier today, like asking for uh, deck suggestions for CEDH viable tournament lists because mm -hmm. he no longer sees Winona as a, if you're trying to win in a tournament, a viable yeah. strategy for that. And mm -hmm. I don't think that's a too far off because the numbers, if you look at the conversion rate on EDH yeah, yeah, top, top 16, it's, it's, it's sub 10. Rough. Like yeah. it's it's a single digit number. Yeah. Uh, and I also say like they're one of my favorite decks in the format right now that I think is one of the best decks in the format also has a really low conversion rate. So that's interesting too. But yeah, I, I, I don't know that the conversion rate, it says everything because like, yeah. again, like we, we, we talked about this a little bit last month, like Tim Necrom is a really good example of a deck that has a really a lower than it should conversion rate because of the yeah. amount of people playing it. Right. Uh, and Winota historically has had has been the kind of deck where you can have bad players play the deck and it's still the newbie fine. deck. Like it, yeah, it is yeah. kind of been that deck. Uh I, I fully stand by that like mm -hmm. Pongo's Najila list is probably the best newbie deck, but that's a yeah whole different discussion. But uh so that's our top ten. So we have like what six uh commanders at number 10 uh <laughs> number nine ian what's your number nine uh atraxa grand unifier okay well i uh i respect atraxa a decent amount i've also been in too many tournament games against atraxa where it's been stuck on exactly six mana 
and they use their entire hand to get six mana, and they're just waiting to top deck the Atraxa, and if they get there, they have a chance of winning, and if they don't get to the Atraxa, they literally do nothing and don't interact and just watch us all die. Uh, so that's the downside of the deck. Um, I was just literally just got off a coaching session talking about this deck with some people, and it, things I'm noticing is that, like, Pilots have been making some bold choices with their mana bases, <laughs> with their ability to resolve Atraxa. Yeah. Uh, this is this is one I'm going to get in a fight with you about, is uh, th- their evaluation of the card Delighted Halfling. Yeah. I think this card is the most overhyped card in the set, I think, mm-hmm. by, by like a ridiculous margin. I think the amount of decks that think they can have a Boreal Druid in their deck and can't are way too high. Like yeah. legitimately, the amount of times I like, like I just deck tech and tracks a deck that had three legendary permanents in the whole deck, and I'm like, what do you? you okay, your attracts is uncounterable. Congratulations, that's yeah. a thing, right? <laughs> like I, I don't know. I feel like it's just. Uh, I, I think there are certain intricacies with the way that deck is being built currently that make it a little clunkier than it needs to be. Well, and it's I a food chain deck that's, that's not playing Vivian Champion of the Wilds for some inexplicable reason. And it's you talking about it's the three mana one for more of the spark that lets you cast creatures at at, at, at inst- as as if they had flash. Why um, is that? Why is this necessary? Why is that necessary in a food yeah. chain deck? We just yeah. got done talking about winning over top of people. Yeah, I guess. Um, but like, like it's it's it also digs so you can find stuff. Like it's a very yeah. good card, and it's okay. like the good food chain card in my opinion. Interesting. Uh, I'll have to test so, it. That, yeah, uh, yeah. It, but nobody's playing that, and I'm just kind of yeah. like, hey, I feel like you should probably be on this. Yeah. But um, and I literally was talking with that player about like maybe we play Gandalf just so you can flash your attractions in. Like, no, play Vivian Champion of the Wilds. It's a great card. Also, Gandalf uh, does double attractive triggers, which is pretty. That's hot. true. That is very true. <laughs> yeah, that, that is really hot. Holy shit! Yeah. So it's like a second Elishorn. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. that's really good. Yep. Um. Yeah, so you have Atraxa at number nine. Mm-hmm. My number nine is another Ian deck. <laughs> uh, this was another deck that was not in my top ten last month, and mm-hmm. it is moved up just begrudgingly. And I'm going to it, it, it's not it's a it won and did enough in the past month that I kind of have to say like okay, fine, but I feel very like I'm not going to be super surprised if in a month from now, when I sit down to record next month's top 10, that it's not in the top 10 and that's Ken and Bonder, uh, Bonder prodigy. Oh, you're and drunk. Is, Get out of here. It, it is. <laughs> this deck is so good. It it's is good. So good. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I just think it loses on so many angles and now it's got another angle to lose on. Uh, mm, and so like, that. that's, that's my thing is it's like, okay, so you get shut down by Curse Totem and Null Rod effects. And oh, you get it. that's uh, the thing about Kinnon is that it doesn't get shut down by these cards. I think that's one of the biggest misnomers about this deck is that because it has such a high redundancy of both effects, you don't give a shit. I like there have been so well, many times yeah. where like I've been Curse Totemed out and I'm like, okay, fine, I'm going to use this Man of Alt to cast a Consecrated Sphinx. Like, Sure. And it has that flexibility that I feel like we don't talk about nearly enough. And it, yeah. it's like it's like it has a dockside without having a dockside in the command zone at all times. 
don't yeah. know. I, I think this deck is like crazy, crazy good. I, I have it's, I, I, it's way up my list too. <laughs> I think it is a deck that is one of the commanders where if you just make it a rule of thumb to remove the commander whenever it comes down, you're gonna That's be not fine. How that works though. That's not if you have the capability to take out a two mana commander repeatedly, the other players at the table are not playing the game correctly. Like well, if, you, if you have the luxury of removing Kinnan over and over again, then the other players are saying, I'm not gonna be a threat to you whatsoever. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know. Because like Kinnan is a big mana deck, right? So like the whole point of it is to have a bunch of mana sources. And so you should be able to cast Kinnan up to six times and not like up to six but like like for up to six extra commander attacks comfortably sure. right or once again i've been locked up with Dran so many times and just been like sure i'll, I'll hard cast this whole breaker horror uh, let's see what happens <laughs> yeah and again yeah. it's in my top 10 yeah yeah it, it, it came up but i what well, all i'm saying is that like my concern with the deck is going into a new meta that i'm not sure what it's going to look like. Mm. It is a deck that is creature reliant and is um, uh, artifact reliant. Sure. And that that is just one of those things where it's like those two things combined make me go, I don't know how I feel about it, but it keeps mm. putting up results, so it's going to go up there. Uh, so obviously, like, I I am very okay to be wrong about things, yeah. right? Like I I think I said this earlier in the show, right? It's like I'm in talk radio, I'm going to be wrong about stuff. <laughs> you got you're going to whiff. Yeah. But uh, you know, I I moved it up. I didn't even have it in. It was my mm-hmm. honorable mention last month. Yeah. So that's my number eight. Yeah. Uh, I, which, I have it up higher on the list. That we'll, uh, we'll talk I'm about sure. So did Tyler. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Notably, two uh, frequent Kinnan pilots. Huh? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> um. Wow, the sun is hitting me at a beautiful yeah. spot. I don't know if you can see that beautiful yeah, yeah, yeah. spot right there on my chic. That was me this um, morning. I was like literally blocking the window so the glare would not come in. <laughs> I need, I, I, I've got a decent lighting setup right now. Like, yeah. but I just need blackout curtains mm. and then we'll be. Yeah. Uh, Half the rooms in this place do not have curtains. So, oof. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh, number eight. Ian, what is your eighth best deck in the format. Yeah, so this right was now. one that I was I was scrolling through EDH top 16 and I was like, man, this feels like people don't play this deck probably enough. And that's Tim to Malcolm. Um yeah. honestly I, I think just the win con density is a reason people don't play it as much as they probably should. I think displacer kitten combos are probably something people should be playing in the deck. Yeah. Um I, I just think it's really solid. It's like it, it feels like a very boring answer because it's a Timna deck, but like Malcolm provides you a ton of mana advantage. Timna provides you a ton of card advantage. It's not the sexiest thing you can be doing. It's not the like most commander efficient thing you can be doing, but it's a solid value engine. It gets you a bunch of card advantage. And pilots don't play the deck a lot because I think it's kind of boring. Uh, yeah. But when they play it, they all do really well with it, I've noticed. So yep. uh, I don't know. It's... um. Malcolm Tim is very much my type of deck, right? Yeah, like it's the yeah. most yeah. by the books magic mm-hmm. deck you could build. <laughs> it is, I will say, very aggressively hurt by Bowmasters. Yes. There are very few decks that are like 
actively bad for a bowmasters to be in your pod. I think there's I, Tim I the decks are those decks. Tim the decks uh-huh. get really badly shot off by bowmasters. Um, I think Chrom gives you a little bit of strength against that card, but Tim to Malcolm specifically is like, oh, I got a bunch of one mana dorks and and this two mana commander or two toughness commander. Like it's like bowmasters sitting there with a little machine gun just brought the thing, <laughs> the whole board. Like it's crazy. So yeah, I I, I, I I totally I I agree with you on that. Like. It's if you if you I, straight up get a clean like to full three Timna draw, you can go, okay, cool, I'm gonna flash in Bowmasters, ping your Timna, uh, you're gonna draw your three cards, and then I will go, cool, kill Timna, kill Malcolm. Thanks. Like <laughs> it, This is this is fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I I think it's you know, there are certain decks that like get disproportionately affected by Bowmasters, and I think this is one of them that really does yeah. get hit by that card. But it can play it also, so, you know, well, yeah. God is dead. <laughs> Why is it black? I, I just... <laughs> yeah. It, it, it It's a Rakdos card that is yeah, a black sure. card, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's just a modified Mayhem Devil when you really look at it. it could into several color combinations comfortably, yeah. but yeah. I just... Anyway... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, why is it two mana? There's just so many whys. Yeah. Um, my number eight is Rogsai, mm-hmm. uh, which where did I have it last month? I had that's my, it right that's my number seven. So I think we're, yeah, I, I had Rogsai right at yeah. eight uh, last month, and mm-hmm. it's right at eight this month. Yeah, it is. If you want to play a turbo deck, it's good deck. It's yeah. not bad. Uh, you, there's, I don't have a whole lot more to say than I did last month. Uh, but the, the general thing, if you don't want to go back and watch that, but you should, uh, the, the general gist of my take on it just Mm -hmm. continues to stay the same of, you know, you are making deck concessions of, I don't have any card advantage in the command zone. Mm -hmm. I don't have a win con in the command zone. So I am trading speed for this. So now I have to make. Yep. concessions on the back end to make yep. that work. And yep, yep. because Absolutely. of that, I just don't think it is like we, there's a reason we don't see these things make it down the stretch in uh, it's, a lot of tournaments. It's one of the best Swiss decks and yep. one of the worst top 16 decks. Like I, I feel like that is the hill I die on is that like, it's great for just sniping a couple wins in the Swiss guaranteeing you make the top 16. Yeah. But if you expect to win a bunch of single limb matches on rock side, it's going to be hard. Know what the deck does. Like that. They, they get the joke. They get the punchline. It's not like I, I, and you know, I hate the argument of like, Oh, well we are a Ristic study deck. We have grind potential. So does literally every blue deck. Shut yeah. up. Like it's, like, it's, it's my least favorite and like least intelligent argument I've ever heard out of some people. It's like, yeah, okay. You can play cards that draw. So can okay. others like, and they don't yeah. have to worry about and, and like the argument like, of we have the best abuse of wheels. That feels like a safe argument to me, but it yeah. doesn't, it's not a guarantee, right? Like, uh, I don't know. It's one of yeah. those things that I think I think people really over exaggerate the grand potential of the deck. It's not a glass cannon. Like I think textbook definition of glass cannon, it is not. Uh, but it is hyper quick, hyper efficient, and therefore has an extremely low card quality. I mean, it is. It, it's also like uh, you know, I think the you know calling it a glass cannon isn't fair. Godo's a glass yeah, cannon, for instance. Uh, uh, but well, maybe that, not. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. it, it used to be. 
fall under that category. There have but been it, versions of GoGo that were very glass cannon, right. for sure. Yeah, yeah. But like if if I were to uh compare it, you know, me and my sports comparisons. Sure. Like sure. to me, it's very much that athlete who can't stay healthy. Uh yeah. the guy who is this like I I think about a lot of really like great athletes like Kevin Durant, AD, uh uh what it you know, all these people in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're generally centers, <laughs> but they're mm-hmm. extremely talented. They're very good when they're healthy, yeah. but they're not healthy all the time. Right. So it's like, well, I don't you know, you're not a glass cannon, but I can't rely on you to be healthy all the time. Yeah. But you are really good. And I'm yeah. going to recognize that. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of why I have it at eight. And mm-hmm. so yeah. and you have it at seven. Yeah, uh, <laughs> basically. Same conversation, different nuance, right? Like, yeah, it's exactly the same. My number seven is uh, a deck you had mentioned earlier. I will. Oh, um, uh, sorry, one last thing on Rock. I do think it is one of those decks that does take very good advantage of Born Upon the Wind. Yes, uh, I think it's it's an extremely explosive deck, and the ability to be like, oh, that's so weird. You tapped out at such a bad time. I'm going to underworld breach on top of your deck. And you're like, excuse me. Right. Like that's, that's <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Yep. Underworld breach in your Turns end out, good. Hey, remember flash and remember winning on top of other people. No, turns out that's good. Regardless. What are you, uh, what are you talking about? I don't know. Uh, my number <laughs> seven is Tyam luminous enigma. Uh, it's it's a deck that just kind of keeps putting up numbers, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like I don't know that I think it's as good as its results say. I moved it up yeah. from nine, uh, but until it stops winning, like yeah. what am I supposed to do here? Right? Like it just keeps yeah. top fouring and mm-hmm. winning events. So it's like okay, well, fine. Yeah. So it's, it's an extremely complicated deck, right? Um, yeah. So if it's extremely complicated for pilots to learn it, imagine how complicated it is for someone who's working off of imperfect information, mm-hmm. uh, trying to beat a deck that can win an instant speed and can also win through a rule of law yeah. at instant speed and can win with the resolution of a land drop. That's where the deck gets very interesting, right? Right. Where the deck gets easily disrupted is the ability to just kill time. <laughs> uh, the deck or does counter nothing it. without time. Yeah, or counter time. But I mean, killing time is actually much worse than countering time. If you can counter yeah. time on the stack, you're doing great. The problem <laughs> with the deck is when you get in situations where you're like, oh, well, let me remove this key piece stopping me. You're like, okay, well, they actually have a solid safekeeper there. And it's like, okay, fine. I'll throw a couple pieces of removal at that thing. It's like, okay, it still hasn't died yet. Uh, and then they can go, oh, no, my important stacks piece died. I'm going to pay three and activate time and bring it back to the battlefield. And you're like, oh, well, that was a waste of all that effort, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that play pattern is pretty frequent in that deck. And then also sometimes they're like, oop, land drop, my devoted druid kills you now. And you're like, what? <laughs> you yeah. Know? So it's it- it's got a lot of gimmicks, but not yeah. in the way that they're bad. It's got a lot of gimmicks in the way that you can just be like, oh, hey, wait, that's, oh, we're dead. Okay, cool. Whoops. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, well, it, it's yeah. one of those decks that, you know, I said this pre show and I've talked about this a little bit. I kind of lump it into that category of decks that are doing well because not enough people respect the commander. 
Uh, yeah. And it, it's, again, very much a deck where, like you said, if you remove the commander. Mm-hmm. If if people are going this hard on aggroing at Winota, they should be going this hard on aggroing Tyam. Yep. If anything, they should be going harder on Tyam because, well, I mean, I don't know, six of one, half dozen of the other, right? Like Winota can win out of nowhere and explode. Tyam can do the same thing if you let it grind even slightly, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you care about killing one commander, probably care about the other one. Also, Tyam has many more ways to protect it over time than Winota gets access to. So like... like also, just... <laughs> I, I think one lesson that from watching gameplay of Tyam, like in, mm-hmm. in Mox Masters and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. is be okay. Like, I, I think there's a lot of people who need to get comfortable with accepting we're going to be under a rule of law for a few turns. Yeah. And we're going to have to just deal with that. But this mm-hmm. is the bigger issue right now. And yeah. like, it, it's just one of those things where you deal with the big stuff first and accept mm-hmm. rule of laws there for a little bit. It mm-hmm. is what it is. It sucks. But, but Cal, if I but. can't cast multiple spells on my turn, how will people know I'm important? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people get that I want to win the game. <laughs> I have to be able to cast at least two. At least two. At least come, two. Come now. You rule oh of law goodness. players. Oh, Lord. All right. Number <laughs> six. What do you got at number six, Ian? I have the five color Sissé. Five color Sissé. Weather like Captain. What are yeah. your thoughts on Sissé? I had that uh, at, where did I say I had it last month? Uh, I, I had that at six last month. Hey, nice. Uh, yeah, Sissé's kind of cracked a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, people keep finding new lines for it too. Um, Dihada helped a bunch of lines of the deck. Cultist of the Absolute helped the lines of the deck. There's a bunch of people doing the Chromatic Orrery lines. There's the Planeswalker lines. There's a thousand new legends from the new set that mm-hmm. helped it a bunch. Um, they got Mount Doom, which is like one of the best card quality upgrades in the deck because you don't need to play a crappy card as your outlet. You can just activate Mount Doom repeatedly and kill your opponents because it's a legendary <laughs> land you can tutor. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sissé has gotten a lot of really solid options. Um, it's one of those decks that you need to learn the play patterns. And if you learn the play patterns, you can circumvent it. Um, there are certain Sissé decks that exploit the ability to grab cultist and combo that turn. There are other Sissé decks like the one that I run that are more about, I want my engine. And then when I have my engine, I go for the win. Mm -hmm. Um, and the coolest thing about Sissé, and I talk about this in my, my video that's going to be coming out, uh, I guess you're probably going to release this Monday, right? So yeah. this on the video that has just come out on my channel last Friday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but on that video, I talk about how Sissé can be built in just so many different ways because yep. of the plethora of legends that are available uh, and also legends that are at a, a certain CMC. And you can build your own combo lines. You can play Vivian mm-hmm. Pod. You can play uh, a number of different legends. You can just creatures. play a, a grindy console yeah. deck if you really yeah. want to. Exactly. Like, you can use it as literally Tudor Jace. You can use it as I have one combo line. I'm going to win with that. You can use it as I only win with creature combos. You can play it as a stacks deck. You can play it as like Sissé is one of the most adaptive commanders. You still have a, a general like there's a bit and you got to yep. do the bit right. But apart from that there's a lot of different ways in which that deck can like provide a lot of and, solid dividends. And it's a three mana five color commander which means that it's yep. great jewel lotus card. Yep. Great uh, Jewel Lotus, you get the fighting swat, you get guardianship. Uh, yeah. It's like 
it makes bloom tender a, a powerful card <laughs> which is like bloom tender is a good card it makes bloom tender a crazy card <laughs> yeah yeah um no i mean i love the deck i love it it's super flexible it's very fun to play it it like it plays it's fun like to play against deck. too honestly yeah, like the times i've played too. against yeah. you like yeah. the the games that we've had were like yeah oh there's like interesting interactions on the board right now yeah like yeah, no, I mean it's a you can really like create a lot of intricate and powerful lines and like you you have weird pieces that get you out of uh spots that other decks just literally can't get out of. Um yeah. it's it's really solid. I think it's uh it can be beaten by pilots who are good at solving the puzzle, right? So like yeah. I, I call it the puzzle deck of CEDH because a lot <laughs> of the time you're like, okay. I have to tap this to get this. And when I pod for that, I get that to make a copy of this, untap this. And if I get that, I can untap both of them by moving to combat. And like, it's one super fun to figure out those lines. It is. I'm a big old nerd. So I'm like, untap, tap, tap, tap. But like at the same time, like if you're a pilot who on the other end can figure out, okay, this is how my opponent's out to win. You can go uh, one well-timed removal spell right here and I can throw up the whole thing. But they're hard lines for the pilot to figure out, so they're also hard lines for you as the opponent to figure out as well. Right. Um, I, I think one of the things that I had uh, that thought was really interesting was when we were playing in Minneapolis, yep. and I I was playing Tivit, and fun fact, I play Spellskite in my Tivit list, mm-hmm. and it was very interesting to see how that was oddly disruptive and yeah. just the 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 look of annoyance you gave me of just like sitting there looking at your cards looking at my board looking at yeah. your cards looking at my board just going yeah. that's really fucking annoying was well yeah because there were <laughs> like half of the combo lines involved you either like targeting a permanent to flicker right. it or targeting a permanent to untap it and you could be like mm, two life it's gonna untap my <laughs> <guy."> wow. <laughs> I, I i felt great uh, do it with that include in that moment. I felt very yeah, yeah, like, yeah. justified. I think that's um, genuinely one of the most underrated cards in the format. If I'm being honest, especially in a in in a bowmaster's world, are you kidding mm-hmm. me? It is maybe one of the most. If you're playing blue and then anything else, probably should be in your first draft at minimum of a deck, in my opinion. If you care about the health of your creatures. Yes. Right? Like that's yeah. Which is not a big floor for a lot of decks, but it's a floor for some. Yeah. Like, like I don't, I don't see Rog Sai playing it. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Like, like Tim Nakram, I don't think needs a spell skype, but like Najila, I don't know. Najila living's pretty hot, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, turns out. Uh so my number six is actually what I had at number five mm-hmm. last month. And that's Traxa Grand Unifier. Oh, okay. uh, I really, so I think it's the best food chain deck in the format. Sure. Uh, which isn't a high bar. Yeah. Um, but part of what I really like about it is that it, it and I said this last month, and I'm going to continue to say it, is that it basically gets to play the general uh, game plan of Thrasios Timna with the advantage of having a win con in the command zone. Yeah. And uh, I think that is a huge boon. I really like mm-hmm. that about the deck. Uh, yeah. And we talked about this a little bit earlier. I think if, you know, things get a little tinkered on that list, I think it could yeah. move back up the, li- the rankings. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I, I really sat and thought hard about this. And I was mm-hmm. like, if I am going to play Sans Red, would I yep. want to play 
the deck oh, that has a wind con in the command zone yeah, or would I be playing Draxumna? Yeah. yeah, I'm playing a Draxumna. And Absolutely. so I, I, I just, I think that uh, the ability to win is really good. Now, that being said, I am moving it down because I do think Bowmasters is a little rough for these hmm. types of decks. Uh, that interests me. Uh, mostly because the role, like, I, I overall dork, dork decks, I moved down, um, mm. a little bit just because I'm like, I don't know how you're going to respond to this. And I feel like I, Bloom Tender specifically got a lot worse, which is awkward because yeah. I was, ar- I was arguing that Bloom Tender was one of the top five cards of the format last week, but yeah. they were like pre Lord of the Rings, I should say. Yeah. Um, and now that card got a, like a lot worse. I think in general, if people are using their bowmasters to kill your mana dorks, then they are in a good spot in general, and you might be in trouble in the first place. That being said, like there's a world where they're like, "Oh yes, thank you for all these like inadvertent triggers here and there." But like, I, I genuinely think dork decks are still like fine. Well, I guess my my reasoning for that is Mm. a lot of dork decks have done the have followed along with what the turbo decks are doing, which is cutting land. So in in the dork decks that keep 30 lands in their mana base, you're fine Uh, for the dork (laughs) Ah, decks. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, our decks, Uh, uh, the the dork decks that have dropped down to like 28, 27 lands. Guys, I have some bad news. You're gonna I have to replace literally some fun saw cards. Multiple Atraxa decks with 28 lands. You're Your playing commander a seven commander, seven fucking mana. Thank you. Like, wh- are you kidding me? That's like, uh, what? In what world are you trying to be like? Yeah, let's turbo out Atraxa, and also not have the mana to cast Atraxa. Like, why? Uh, these people are always like, "Oh, why can I never get the last mana to get Atraxa?" Probably because you're playing 28 lands. <laughs> you're not even playing all the mana dorks available to you, y'all. Are and you don't have mana you don't have ponder, preordain, or anything like that to no. draw you cards and get you yeah. through stuff. So it's like, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> right. we're the same page here, right? Like, like cards like Dark Confidant and Ponder are slow, yeah, but also they're. Still going to get you there when you're card advantage, baby. Uh, yeah, right. Like, well, and it, it, it goes back to the the thing we were talking about with Rogsai, right? Yeah, is yeah. when you you're you're making a decision with the commander that you are playing, and because of that, you are making deck building concessions. Yep. And there are only like maybe two, maybe three decks in the mm-hmm. format that don't have to do that. Yeah, and. Tracks ain't one of them, friends. Yeah, uh, yep. like it's uh, was, just yeah. <laughs> one of the things I think we've been like falling into as a format, just like is that people are building decks without ad nauseum, like they're ad nause decks. Yes, and I, I really think people need to take stock in what they're doing with their deck building and really take a second to be like, what am I doing with that? And if you're having trouble making these decisions you can always uh hire me because this is what i do for fun (laughs) (laughs) one of the things i always thought was really interesting was when i played we we had talked about this uh before Mm -hmm. i i think it was what was it Oktoberfest was yeah uh art and silas uh Mm -hmm. had a ridiculously low mana curve like low uh, almost as low as rock's high Mm -hmm. and 
we were like, okay, let's try ad nauseum in it. And so we play tested a couple of games with it in it. And we were like, holy shit, this deck ad nauseum is like ass because yeah. all of the cards are reactive interactive cards. They don't do mm-hmm. anything for you. Right. And it turns out that your CMC is not what dictates whether yep. or not you can play ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. It's a whole lot of stuff that goes into it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's the same They're, thing with yeah. Atraxa. Like, I just, I look at the deck. I love it. I, I want to build this deck. Uh, because I mean, literally, like I, old I versions just, of Kalia used to play like several eight mana demons and Adnaz yeah. and still be one of the best Adnaz decks I've ever seen. It's like, okay, well, maybe there's something there. Like, there's a reason right. people are doing that, right? Yeah. But yeah, Atraxa Grand Unifier, good deck. Uh, it's my number six. I, I'm yeah. a I'm a big fan. I dropped it a little bit, like I said, just because mm-hmm. I think dork decks. I want to see how they react yeah. before I, you know, tell people, hey, this was a top five card. I want to see mm-hmm. how it does. Yeah. Um, there are a couple decks that I think, uh, specifically decks with red that uh, and to that can kind of not worry about that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I do think green decks in general, I'm a little soft on right now, just yeah. because of... And this is Master. one of the most interesting parts about that, right? Is that Atraxa is so similar to Tivit. Mm-hmm. And I think people have been caring too much about the green pip in Atraxa. Yeah. And I think building it closer to Tivit is actually part of the solution. It is. I said this last, uh, in the last uh, episode last month. It is the yeah, second yeah. best uh what is a kitten deck in the mm-hmm. format yeah yeah it, it's it, it's the only deck better than it is tivit yep agreed. that's it it's those yep. are the two best kitten decks on the format mm-hmm. and it ain't close yep. uh and like i i think that is something to uh, man you got me yeah. thinking what if i build a traxa and just take my take my tivit list and just Make it a Traxa Take and a look then at sort it. Out. Probably actually, better okay, than a lot of the Traxa decks out there right now. Like, oh, I, actually, like though. not to not to be a dick to other Traxa pilots, but like legitimately, if you take a bunch of the Tivit shells and you put a Traxa in it, it's like, take, oh, wait a minute. Take Time Sieve out, make it food chain. That's actually really it's the clean same deck. Swap. It's the same Holy stupid shit. deck. Yes, <laughs> I've been trying to tell people this. It's the same deck. The only difference is Tivit sometimes gives you mana to interact after you resolve Tivit. Traxa yeah. does. Right, and that's why you play Gandalf. No, <laughs> Atraxa does do the uh, beautiful thing of letting you see ten cards, which is yeah, awesome. Uh, I, but... I will say the the biggest difference between the two is that a double ETB in Tivit doesn't end the game; it just it helps you get there. It does with Atraxa for sure. Yeah. Atraxa two wins the game. <laughs> yeah, I remember you talking about that in uh, what was it yeah. your your uh, chaos. Yeah, the series episode you just did. Um, So let's move up to let's get into our top five. Mm -hmm. Number five. What do you have, Ian, as your fifth best commander in the format? Kinnon Ponder Prodigy. (laughs) I I think that if I were going to rank it more aggressively, I think five is about as high as I would yeah. it too. Yeah. I, I think the deck's cracked, to be honest. I think it does take skill, right? Um, there's a reason there's like 10% of pilots do really well with Kinnon, and they're all people who have top cutted multiple times with the same deck, right? Uh, it it does take a certain floor of understanding of the deck, but every time I know someone who like gets good at Kinnon, 
they like swear that it's the best deck in the format. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying like it is the best deck in the format, but like I'm very comfortable with it being number five. And every time I go, could I have it higher up? And then I look at the other decks on there and I'm like, they're all really damn good, but it's still a conversation, you yeah. know? Um, I, yeah. I, I said this to you uh, before we started recording. Yeah. I was like my top five. I'm like, honestly, I feel like I could assort these in yeah. a number Absolutely. of ways yeah. and yeah. I would feel super comfortable yes. with that. It's also like a big part of it for me is like I am a tournament player, right? So yeah. I look at these decks and I go, how comfortable would I feel going? Oh, shoot, I have to play this at a tournament. And then I look at each of my top five and I go, absolutely. Yeah. Like even if they're decks I don't play a lot, I still go, this is going to be fine. You yep. know? Um, but yeah, Kinnon is solid. It's um, it's the most explosive deck in the format. I, I would argue it's more explosive than Rogsai. I, I gun to my head. Yeah. I think it is. I, the ability to just double up your mana dorks turn two is just insane uh you know turn one dork to into turn two kiven or kiven kinnon kiven. that's my kinnon i'm and, never referring to it than anything else other yeah. than kiven that's amazing uh and then like but like the amount of times i've been like yeah turn one dork turn two kinnon sylvan library is like totally great with me i all no, but sylvan library is a card though oh <laughs> <laughs> but like then there's also the mana rock starts where you're just like sure uh you know crypt arcane signet kin in turn one and you're like okay turn two i'm probably hard casting a consecrated sphinx because i can do that <laughs> like, <laughs> the deck just does dumb things like that all the time and then god forbid you get a seaborn muse um the the downside of kinnon is like sometimes they can tax your interaction really yeah. early and then you need your consecrated sphinx your whole breaker horrors or your comas to like dig you back into it right but uh, you can flip into some of the literal dumbest creatures in the entire world. And now you have and the one ring. Now we have the one ring, which is which a good is card for sure. Yeah, I don't think it's like the the craziest tin, yeah. uh, cannon card in the world, but like it's still it's a really good, good card. Um, uh, it turns yeah. out it's better in a lot of decks than I thought it would be. Uh, yeah, the one rings. Uh, also, the interaction with Seaborn Muse, I didn't realize how stupid it is, but uh, I mean, it's like 10 turn. It's like 10 cards in a turn cycle. Yeah, like, and you only lose four life. Yeah. That's the crazy part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I thought it was burden. Like, I thought you got damage every time you tapped it. And then I read the card again. And I was like, oh, cool. You're just untouchable for a turn. And you yeah. can draw 10 cards for four life and four mana. I'm like, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Press dumb. <laughs> I was talking with Pongo about it. I was like, hey, Pongo, I think uh, uh, Derevi is a real deck now? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> is yeah. Derevi playable? Uh, I remember. Yeah. Pa- uh, what was it? Uh, Cobble brought that up in our set review. We did. Yeah. Uh, like, honestly, like, I feel like Derevi, like being like, I play Tezzeret now so I can play the one ring feels pretty cool. To me. Honestly, I've been I, I've been looking at the one ring and as people have been talking about it, I'm like, OK, do I test this in Tivit? Like, I mean, yeah. it mm. uh, like it's like I was floor- doing a coaching session with somebody where they brought that up and they said it's been testing pretty decently. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, my my thought process is its floor is it sacks to time seed. So like, sure. sure like, yeah. OK, that's not the worst. Uh, yeah, I think I think that the floor like uh, like. When you draw three cards off of one activation, I think the one ring has done its job, right? That's yeah. that's where I feel with the card is that like as soon as you get to that point, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, up until that point, you're like, eh, I don't know if this is really worth it. Yeah, I draw two for two life. Like, meh. um. But no, I think I think by the time you're drawing, like you've drawn six cards off of it, it's it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it's really good. Uh, yeah. My number five. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say back to Kevin yeah. things. Just sorry yeah, before we Kenan, go on. Go for it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
like so so apart from like the the big flips aspect of it uh the deck never really feels like it's running out of gas it does whiff for sure on activations but yeah. like you always feel like you're in the game because you can either whiff on an activation or hit a seaborne muse or you can hit a void winner or something like that right yeah, or sometimes you just activate on somebody's instep hit a yeah. tide spot tyrant and the game completely changes and the game's over right right also that's a big part of why the deck is good because holebreaker horror and tide spot tyrant are two of the best cards in the format you just got to figure out a way to cheat them in like yep. the cards are insane they're so good at breaking parity on stack stacks they're so good at busting through certain metas like they're crazy um and then sometimes you literally just go like oh no i have a basalt monolith turn two oopsies infinite mana <laughs> like <and it's> like <laughs> okay yeah that's on me i guess <laughs> you got it yeah exactly so yeah no i love i love canon i think it's so strong i think it's yeah. really powerful uh, i also have a little bit of a strong distaste for it because mm. uh my local meta back in Lincoln yeah. uh, had a two very devoted Kinnon pilots who no. were really good at convincing the table Kinnon was never the threat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would win leagues like back to back. And I would just sit there and be like, guys, how many times are they going to win <laughs> yeah. the fucking league before you get remove mm-hmm. the goddamn commander? Yeah. Like, at, at what point? Like it just—that's why no, I will I always you. say, if I see it, I'm gonna sit and point at it and just be like, "Hey, don't let this stay on the battlefield too long." Hey, don't let this stay on the battlefield too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will always do that, much to the chagrin of you and Tyler. But uh, <laughs> my number five here is what was actually my number six last month, which is Sisse Weatherlight. Weather sure. And I have Sisse a little bit higher up. Uh, it is a green deck. However, I do think Dockside kind of bails it out a little bit. Uh, I think those, I, I think red decks that have green in them uh, are kind of yeah. fine. Like they're yeah. just like, oh no, there's a Bowmasters. I guess I'll pivot onto this other. And then, and then the funny part is, like, is then if you're in the collector roof pod, you're like, oh no, thank God I have green. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just like it, it feels so yeah. versatile and it keeps putting up results and. I, I also like what you were saying earlier. There's so many ways to build that deck. Uh, you know, I, I way before even rebel had even mm-hmm. like put the jeggy version of the deck together. I had built an underworld breach layered with, uh, yeah. weather with Jace combo yeah, yeah. And, or, or deck. And it was just a, basically a TNT deck that was right. just, Hey, we have this and it gets out Jace and it gets out stuff to get out. Uh, yeah. Underworld breach, and we win the game. And yeah, like, like you can, Sisay can be your Thrasios for sure. Exactly. Um, so I, I really like Sisay here. I think yeah. it's one of those decks where I, I could probably put it anywhere in my top five mm-hmm. and feel yep. okay with it. Outside yep. of number one, I don't think it's number one, no. but I definitely feel like anywhere from like two to five, I could put yeah. it anywhere. I, in there I, I feel like that. Yeah, I, I feel like anywhere between my like six and my three, I feel like it could easily be. Yeah. Um, I also think like Sisse, there are certain ways, like as much as I've admonished, like the, the great ways to or brought up the ways that Sisse can be amazing. I also want to point out the ways that like you can play suboptimal Sisse lines at the same time. Right. Right. And I think there are certain packages that are like necessary. I think you're either on the cultist Dihada chromatic package or you're <laughs> on the nickel bolus package and the other ways of playing the deck might not be ones that I would consider optimal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I disagree with that. Yeah. Um, 
I just, you know, it, it's one of those things where I think that your ability to, you know, it's kind of the same thing with like Tim Necrom, right? Or Tim Necrom yeah. is just like so malleable as to what it can yeah. be yeah. that uh, it's just that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Sisay number five, how yeah. I feel is where I'm at. What's your number four? Uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of this deck. Uh, it was made by a pretty cool pilot. His name's Comedian MTG, and it's a deck called Bruce Thrasios. Hey, Thrasios. Hey, that's four. also my number four. Yeah, I mean, I, I look. I've been saying Dominic's top five decks in the format for two and a half years now, uh, and I just keep being proven right. I don't. <laughs> yep. It was really funny before EDH top sixteen too, because it would top sixteen all the time. I would cover it in my videos. People would be like, "Oh yeah, I guess I have seen that deck around every once in a while," and then like. It was just never in the conversation until we started getting results and everyone was like, yeah, it doesn't win every tournament, but it's there all the time. <laughs> it's the best deck after turn three, like yeah. in the format by far. Feels pretty safe. Yeah. Like, sure. I, if, I think it is also the best like gun to my head. I define this as mid range deck in the format. Yeah. Like I, I think if you if you had to describe like what is archetypal mid range in CEDH? You you point to Dawnmaker and go, that's it. And then also, this is the best one of it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it used to be like TNT was that deck, right? And now I yes. kind of feel like uh, Thrasios Bruce is yep. exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, it, it goes back to what I was saying is, again, I've moved down my mm-hmm. green decks. However, yep. it stays high because yep. it is a green deck with red. Yep. So it's able to deal yep. with some of the bullshit that's going on mm-hmm. in the format. Agreed. Um, and like literally this came up the other day where it's like, and one of the reasons I love about this deck is that it is always presenting a win. Like yep. always. It's like you're doing the mid-range grind until you're like, oh, time to turn the corner. And like, that's what the format needs right now. The format is so fast that you need to be able to say, I'm going to win right now. And I was playing mm-hmm. against uh, Tyler and Charles and uh, one of my friends from home. And I was playing Donald Maker and they were like, Ian, we just exiled two of your win cons. How are you presenting a win this turn? And meanwhile, I was it's just, just kind of like vibing. I was like, I don't know. I'm just doing my thing. <laughs> like, it just, just like, turns yeah, out if like you just sit win. here and dirtle, yeah. like, you'll yeah. eventually also, find something else. The, the the optimization of putting Derevi and Bloom Tender back in the deck has made it so that that conundrum that we just spoke of, the how does he keep trying to win right now, is just so much more exacerbated. Oh, and it's amazing because then you so do many that. Lines you put that in with another. it, and then you can layer your Derevi with your Emil, mm-hmm. so then you yeah, can yeah. get get uh, Gaia's Cradle, Cradle, and then yep. it's just it, it's so good. I, it, I yeah, yeah. love that deck to death. Um, mm-hmm. The the only unfortunate thing is is it doesn't have black, so it's not a Callahan deck. Uh, <laughs> and fair, 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 fair. It, it, that's that's kind of the thing is it's yeah. it's not an Esper deck, mm-hmm. and like it's also not. Azorius core enough to be a Callahan. Deck, sure, sure. Right? Yeah, it's very green. Uh, so it's very green blue. Yeah, it's a it's very much a a, a green blue deck that it's has a green blue white deck splashed. It. Yeah, I was gonna say splash uh, Dockside and Ranger Captain. Like yeah, <laughs> uh, and if you like, I, I I've said this before. Like my Thrasios Timna deck splash green and yeah yeah right you know so um it, it, I love the deck. It's very much the type of magic that I think is very good right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but again, like I said, I'm a little soft on green decks overall, yeah. but I do think the green decks with red get to have that advantage mm-hmm. of, Hey, we have red. That's neat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. let's go up to number three. What do you have at number three? 
Yeah, so my top three, I really like gun to my head. I could switch any of these decks. Like mm-hmm. as much as I've been talking about the other three, like uh, these these three, I could easily have a very soft argument about one or the other. Like you can bring up one point, and I was like, no, all right, that's enough to tip the scales, right? Like <laughs> like they're all that close. Um, but this one's. I just imagine our top three are like I almost identical. Yeah. Probably it's Tim um, Necrom. Um, okay, for number three. Uh, it, I think Tim Necrom is really solid. I think. Uh, anyone can go to a tournament and do really well with it. It has the inherent disadvantage of having like just a few win cons, right? I, I've talked right. about on a personal level, I like having a lot of win conditions, right? Right. Um, that's why like I've been looking at playing ways to play Timnacrom with Displacer Kitten combos in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I like to have just these multiple win cons that are like, I'm going to win the game, I'm going to win the game, I'm going to win the game. And then sometimes also have these grind engines too, right? And I think yeah. Tim and Krom's a really powerful deck. I think Timna and Krom have been two of my favorite commanders even before they were cool. Uh, yep. You know, I was, I was trying to jam these guys back in the Flash days. Uh, I think the Opus Thief revolution that's happening right now is actually real. Uh, I worked with a patron of mine to get an Opus Thief lift up and ready to go. And they said they 2 owed their local. They just went to and just like absolutely dumpster people because they were like, oh, Bowmaster wheel. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? That but was the how whole good game. is Alms Collect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, Shieldred yeah. and Bowmasters really made that deck a thing again, in my yeah. opinion. So I think, uh, you know, there's not only is Tim Necrom Blue Farm, right? The classic Turbo Adnos thing slash control deck, as some people are calling it. Uh, but it's also got this potential to be an Opus Thief list right now, and I love that that deck is kind of back. It's really cool. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of different ways to play this color combo. It's really great colors. You get Dockside, you get Breach, you get Intuition Piles, you get Ad Nauseam. Like, this yep. stupid amount of stuff you get with this combo. And uh, it's just going to keep winning. It, yeah. yeah. Uh, my number three is not Dimnacrom. Mm. My number three is Najila. And mm. I think, uh, again, this comes back to the reoccurring motif of I'm soft on green decks right now. Yep. And I think of my top three, I think Najila gets hit the hardest by Bowman. Mm. Uh, so uh, in the Timna decks, we talked about this earlier. They, yeah. Timna they, decks they, do, they but I think Timna Krom, yeah. I think Timna Krom just can ignore it enough. Whereas yeah. Najila has enough, like Najila too has this thing where the warrior density is so important. And mm-hmm. Bowmaster's really good at keeping that in check. Yeah. And so for me, I look at that and I go, okay, so there's a reasonable world where a Timna player at a, a Timna Krom player sitting at a table with a Najila player is going to be able to convince the person who has the Bowmasters that isn't them to let them draw a card to kill a Najila and then get yeah. rid of like some amount of warriors or whatever, right? No, it's a thing for sure. And and so I, I think that hits Najila in a way that it, it's kind of hard. Yeah. Uh, and that that's kind of one of the things that I think is a little rough about the deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, other than that, it, again, it's a red deck. It's five colors. It's really good. Memo keeps kicking ass with it, yeah. uh, which is just super impressive. Uh, and uh, love seeing Najila. Well, I can't say I love Najila doing well. I, Listen, I, I have been playing Najila against Najila for so long <laughs> that I hate playing the deck. And yeah, I yeah. hate playing against the deck. But it's just, it's so good. It's a great deck. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, so Najila is my number two. 
Yeah. Um, My number two is Tim McCrum. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, so it's just because for the slight argument of like Najila one got Samet, which I think is cracked. I think that card's yes. insane. Um, and then like, I, I appreciate the green argument. I appreciate the bow masters argument, but the reason I like, wasn't as worried about it was I was like, yeah, but they still have intuition. They still have underworld breach. Yeah. They still have ad nauseum. They still have like a stupid amount of cards and also delighted halfling gives them uncounterable one card win conditions. <laughs> uh, multiple <laughs> yeah yeah right so like i don't know it's i get it i do yeah and i think that there's a once again a, a a stiff breeze could convince me that one is over the other at this point right but i think Najila is just really really solid once again yeah. uncountable the revies are really scary uh i think i would actually love to see a Najila play spells guy not gonna lie i think that would be really interesting i think it's, i think it'd be really solid in a deck like yeah. that like i think yeah, it is one of those good, flex with the bow masters that, thing too yeah. yeah it it cleans up a lot of those lines and spell skate is one of those de- uh like cards that can like soak up a lot of damage too yeah so like it yeah. can it can eat a good amount of stuff Agreed. um Agreed. i i have Najila exactly where i had it last month at three i yeah. I didn't have it above Tivit. I didn't have it above yeah. Tim Necrom. I have Tim Necrom at two instead of one mm-hmm. this month. Uh, and that's solely because of the fact that I think Tim Necrom is a Timna deck and there's Bowmasters. Yeah. And Tim yeah. Necrom, I also just kind of think is mildly overhyped. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I do think it's a very good deck. I do think it's one of the top five best decks in the uh, format. Uh, I think people who are trying to play it as a turbo deck are playing it incorrectly suboptimally and, for sure yeah, yeah, I, yeah i think the people like like brian koval who have continued and repeated success with it play it like yeah. it is a control deck and that's yeah. when it does well so i you know it's very much a me deck uh mm-hmm. unfortunately it plays nons and it plays breach although i said this last month i could make a compelling argument that it doesn't even need nons so sure, yeah. like i i think that it is a deck that it, you know again very much a deck that i would play very much yeah. a deck that i think is very good i like mm-hmm. it i love it a lot yeah. however i do think it's fallen down because i do think tivit is the best deck in the format right now and i really yeah. feel strongly about that honestly um and that is also my number one yep look at us uh, now am i biased absolutely a I little bit um yeah for sure now, I will say this. I said this on Twitter. I like mm. that I was a month ahead of you on that <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. thumbnail and like, yeah. is this the best deck in the format curve? Um, yeah. I, I do like that. I got it. Well, yeah, but you ask if something's the best thing in the format every other day. So it doesn't really count. <laughs> yeah, You're but like, okay. Midnight Hunt has one good card for CEDH, but will it break it? <laughs> okay, but to be fair, to be fair, I don't say that about decks very often. I, I say that about yeah, every yeah, set, yeah. though. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I say your piece about Tivit because I could talk about Tivit for hours. Like, it's... Uh, yeah. So I think as of right now, uh, I, I mean, so if you notice, uh, we both talked about Timnacrom and Tivit, which I think these two decks and Lotho, or sorry, these two decks and Atraxa get paid off by Lotho, which is yes. my opinion for the best card from Lord of the Rings. Um, card is that card, nuts. A card is nuts. Uh, I, I, you're I said this on Twitter. Generate like. It's it's like a second dockside, in my opinion. It genuinely, well, it does what I think. Fair, what people wanted, fairy mastermind. Like, yeah, fairy mastermind is like not as good. I think overall as people fairy wanted it to be. The Lotho at home for yes. sure, and Lotho <laughs> is exactly what people wished it was. 
And yeah. so now that we have Lotho, I'm like, holy crap, this card's cracked. Yeah, um, Lotho's, Lotho's kind of cracked. Um, but Lotho was a great advantage for Atraxa and for... Uh, so I was actually talking about this earlier. I was like, previously, Atraxa decks did not have a card to turn one worldly tutor for, like some mid-range decks do for Dockside. Right. And I was like, now we have Lotho. Like, it, it legitimately is a one-card mana solver. But anyways, not to divert too much. But yeah, Tivit's cracked. Um, and one of the things about Tivit that is so strong, um, it's like... It's... I will say, like, Tivit's not good enough to be the definitive best deck in the format. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, the meta is not warped around Tivit. We do not need to start meta gaming for Tivit. Right. Uh, Tivit can lose to a Dockside like nobody's business. Tivit can. Uh, Which makes get... it the definitive Callahan deck, right? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not exactly. a me deck unless it just feeds Loses the fuck out of Dockside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, it gets hit by a Mind Break Trap and then is out yeah. of the game. Or, like, if you counter the Avengers early, like, which is not always the way to play things, but, like, it's, it, like, you have different ways. But it has a clean one-card win condition in the command zone. It has a consistent mana generation in the command zone. It has access to Esper Colors in which you can play a bunch of nice asymmetrical stacks pieces. <laughs> Like, I, I think Esper's the best color combination in Commander right now. That's just my hot I, take. But. I, I don't know that I agree, but I don't disagree vehemently. <laughs> uh, but I, I think, yeah. Just Some like, of that's so, like, just a playstyle thing, but, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Dockside's really good, though. Yeah, but so is, like, consistent mana. Or sure, like, sure. Like, card advantage and mana. Yeah, and, yeah, you know. all that. Uh, but what I'm getting at with Tivit is like you can play Graph Digger's Cage, which is huge. I think that's like mm-hmm. one of the biggest things is is uh, and also there've been Tivit decks without Graph Digger's Cage. What do you are you guys okay? What yeah, I'm doing? playing Alluris. Leave me alone. Yeah, go uh, here. <laughs> um, no, I think Graph Digger's Cage is busted. You yeah. you need it in that deck. I think um, playing Blind Obedience solves a lot of the problems Tivit was having. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can play so many different stacks effects like Dalphy and Granith and opposition agent. And then you just like have all of these insanely high card quality pieces that just get you some advantage. And then you resolve your commander and say like, Hey, I'm going to either beat you to death or uh, give me time to get a displacer kitten or get time to thing just to like pop off. And I think it just, it does so many different things. It mm-hmm. can answer so many different things. It can play asymmetrical board wipes. Uh, the big thing and the reason I played it at Baltimore was because it is so bowmaster proof. Like that deck is insanely bowmaster proof. Just doesn't care. The deck's yeah, like, oh, like, you hit my ass for Sentinel. Oh no, mana. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're gonna pay 18 mana to kill my Tivit after making me draw six cards. No thanks. <laughs> uh, right, like it's crazy. I don't know. And it's it's another deck where I I, I jam pack it full of win cons, man. Like yep. like. There is a Displacer Kitten combos. There are wheel effects with Notion Thief and Bowmasters. There's actual Thoracle Consult. There's Time Sieve. Like, it's just, oh, you can win so easy. <laughs> the deck is, I, I will say this about the deck, however, because of that, I do think it is maybe one of the worst Consult decks in the format. Uh, because, mm. uh, so there are many instances where in like other Esper decks or other black decks, right? where you will be in a situation where you need to consult for something in a pinch. Sure. Uh, or uh, a great example is you have both pieces. You have, you have kitten, you have box Amber or whatever. Oh God. Okay. No, this is a trap. Choices. You never, you never, you never but consult this is, for the fairy. I understand. I understand that it's a trap, but 
that's my point is in other decks you can just do that Mm. and you can't really do that that might just be that combo if i'm being honest but sure yeah yeah, (laughs) but it's it's one of those things where the car the type of combos that it does like overall just kind of need uh to like an extra piece so you do kind of get dicked over by like a consult for something specific sure uh and that is one of my big downsides to it i've now that being said that does come with the explicit explicit knowledge of i have had multiple instances where i have had the unfortunate uh experience of exiling all my win cons and still having like 30 cards left in my deck and just being like well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. I don't know if I have enough cards left in my deck to win with Tivit. Uh, yeah, like yeah. that—that's—that's that's my big downside with it. Uh, but mm-hmm. I mean, other than that, like I, I, I don't see a lot of downsides to the deck. Yeah, and as I, it, as we mentioned, like there's three top decks here, and yeah. I think any of them could be at the top. I don't think people should start like packing Tivit specific hate because it's so above everything else that's happening but like yeah. uh the deck is solid i think if you want to do well in tournament like bringing a Tivit and like if you look at the amount of people who play this deck diverse pilots bunch of people doing top performances with this list yep. frequently uh it's resistant to some of the problems we're facing right now being bowmaster being one of them right um and i think it's just it's a very solid list it does its thing and you can play a lot of asymmetrical stacks pieces that Act as like super solid tempo plays without having your deck be a stacks deck. Yep, I I I I am so high on it. I love it. It's like, uh, really honestly, after I did the is the is Tivit the new king of CEDH video, I yeah. like almost immediately went out. I bought a Tivit. I took about took apart Arden Silas and put like, together Tivit, and I was like, this yeah. is exactly what I wanted the deck to be. Like it is, it's so good. I love it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do play a few weird cards in mind, but mm-hmm. that's you know, tower roll. Wouldn't, I be, wouldn't be you if it wasn't, right? I, I, <laughs> I like, I like to test stuff. I like to see yeah, if yeah. it stuff's worth worth my time. But, that's how that's how things happen, right? Maybe. Yeah. But uh, well, cool. So, just for the people who don't follow the podcast. Uh, first of all, thank you for joining me this week, Ian. Uh, love that I get to talk magic with you again yeah. and uh, have you on. You're one of our, like, of the Sculpty Boys who come on. You're, like, one of the top three most popular, uh, like, in our comments. It's always, like, it's it's you, Reed, and Cobble are the people that are always, like, Hey, we want more of them. Hey, we want more of them. Hey, we want yeah. more of them. So it's, it's always a pleasure when I get you guys on. Um, for the handful of people who don't know where you are, who you are, uh, tell people about your channel. That is not a funny channel. Uh, <laughs> and uh, let them know how they can find you, where they can get your coaching, all that jazz. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to me. Uh, my name is Ian, also known as Comedian MTG, and you can find me over at youtube.com slash at Comedian MTG. Uh, we are the largest tournament-based CEDH channel on YouTube at the current moment, which is 
pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I'm currently in the midst of trying to make this content creation thing my full time job. So yeah. uh, I'm offering full time CEDH coaching, basically. Uh, that's literally available whenever people are looking to do it. I have a Patreon tier that is for people who want to do a coaching session every month and get some Patreon benefits. But I also do independent coaching sessions outside of that Patreon. So you can hit me up at my email at comedianmtg at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter. You can find me on Discord. Uh, literally uh, tag Cal in a comment on this or find me over my own channel. Uh, yeah. And I'll get go to, go, go to the channel. Yeah. Uh, you know, interact, <laughs> yeah. go give the, the comment, like, subscribe, do the stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Blast the bells and all yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I love having you on. Uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. And uh, yeah, that's it, it, doing these monthly i think is really interesting mm-hmm. to kind of see how like i yeah where, where my feelings are sure. about stuff you yeah. know what i mean like oh yeah I'm, i remember Braden used to be like oh hey we can't record tonight the the lab maniacs month in review is on and i'd be like yeah. oh, this is our only night for a week and you'd be like oh, okay <laughs> yeah I, it's just yeah. i i i feel like looking back over the past month like um it, it's interesting. I know Michael, we're going to try and do an episode with Michael and do a little bit of a yeah. recap on SCG Baltimore, Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, because I know that, that there was a lot of wild stuff that kind of True. were weird idiosyncrasies with a uh, SCG doing their first CDH event. Um, like you all had to handwrite your deck lists, mm-hmm. which I thought was hilarious. Uh, or a lot of people did the people who had, what was yeah. it? Partners. Uh, yeah, uh, people who that. came the night before had to okay. do that okay. because they didn't figure out a better system. But then they figured out a better system. Fine. Yeah. And that's... if you want to hear my thoughts on the event as they're public available, you should check out the video that at the time of this recording will have already been released on my channel, breaking down the top 16 of SCG Baltimore. <laughs> I, I'm really excited for that video. OK, yeah. so full disclosure, I. I don't watch a lot of content on YouTube. Uh, mostly because I just, it's hard to get me to pay attention to things in general. Mm-hmm. And then I also edit and I run this thing as my full-time job. So mm-hmm. I, I need to be able to pay attention. And so when stuff comes out, it's like stuff that uh, I have to care about. And sure, it's sure. literally like you and play to win are the <laughs> things that I watch. And yeah. like I don't even watch their gameplay. I just like watch their podcast every Friday yeah, yeah. and then I watch your uh, breakdowns every week and I'm just <laughs> like, okay, well that's my CDH content for the week. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I basically do the same thing, but obviously switch me with you. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I do what I can. Uh, thank you guys for uh, tuning in this week. There's been another episode of the mind sculptors podcast. If you want to support the show, you can go on over to patreon.com forward slash mind sculptors. And you can support us there. Obviously, the it's a little bit wacky over there right now. I need to actually do something with the Patreon that is not just existing. Uh, but, you know, it's almost like moving is really disrupts stuff, especially yeah, when you do yeah. a weekly podcast. Yeah, uh, for we, sure. We weren't last. So I haven't told the story yet. Um, is last week. So the re- we were going to do this episode a week ago. Yeah. Uh, and the entire reason I didn't is because so we had came in. We moved in on like a Wednesday or Thursday. I forget mm-hmm. what day of the week. Mm-hmm. But we called AT&T to get our fiber internet set up. 
Slady takes all of her information, goes, all right, cool. We're sending you a thing. Your box tomorrow will be there tomorrow. And you just set it up, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so Thursday comes. We sit there. Okay. Uh, or no, it was, we called on Thursday. So Friday comes. We're sitting there. I'm waiting for it. And not, we haven't heard anything, haven't gotten a confirmation email, anything. So I go, hey, why don't we, instead of calling this local number that has gone to voicemail twice, uh, let's just call AT&T proper and uh, see if this went through. And evidently, this person just took our information and ran. Uh, and didn't, they didn't make the order. So we had to request it again. Yeah. Um, you know, put that all stuff. Well, because it was Friday, it did. We didn't get our modem and stuff until Monday. Um, and then once it got here, because of that whole situation, yeah, I sat with ATT customer support for almost two hours trying to get our modem set up because the customer service lady had to manually put in all of the modems information into our account in order for it to work. It was a nightmare. I've I have had easier time setting up spectrum internet, which is really? fucking wild. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just fun moving stuff, guys. Uh, but no, no, we're yeah. here in uh, we're here in Louisville. I'm probably I'm going to try and see if I can make it out to uh, SCG Con Cincinnati uh, here in a few weeks. Um, and then I'll definitely be going to there's some uh, Cincinnati. There's a couple uh, tournaments going on in, or there's one in Cincinnati, a CDH tournament going on in Cincinnati. I think like at the end of oh, July really? that I'm going to get up yet. Um, and then there's another tournament here in Louisville that kind of unclear whether or not you can use proxies or not. So I'm just not going mm. to. Uh, yeah. And uh, that is like end of July, and I think the other one's like a week or two before that. But uh, so I'll be playing some more CDH like that, and then I'm also going to try and get in on some of this like master stuff I'm, now that i'm established in a place yeah, and yeah. i'm not in this Bobby, weird yeah. middle ground i'm actually going to play magic uh instead <laughs> of just talking about it uh, yeah but all that being said Ooh. thank you all for tuning in thank you all for listening and from all of us here at the mind sculptors i'm callahan and we'll see you next time Okay, we need to check the wind and that time.